Town Bank Mortgage, NMLS number 512138, is an equal housing lender. This podcast is for informational purposes only. And now, the man born with a 5 o'clock shadow and with the NMLS number 2028201. He is a gentleman. He is a scholar. He is... Tyler Crawley. Welcome, everyone, to the... Thursday edition of the Markets and Mortgages podcast. I am your host, the aforementioned Tyler Crawley. And man, I'm glad I'm not talking politics here on this morning show. Glad I wasn't talking it yesterday morning. Definitely glad I am not talking it here on Thursday morning. Uh, And I'll be honest with you. um, Thursday was actually kind of a dull day for data. And because... We got the big CPI report coming out at 8.30 this morning. I thought we'd keep today's show a little little shorter than normal because we got mortgage demand to talk about, some not so great news for the housing industry, and then more proof about just something we talked about before, which was, uh, you know, people being locked in with these incredibly low rates and uh, just some more data to back that up. So let's start with mortgage demand. We got our weekly reports from the Mortgage Bankers Association, their weekly survey looking at mortgage demand, both purchase and refi demand. And here's the good news. I'm I'm all about the silver linings. I'm all about the silver linings. And if you're looking for one in this report, it was the purchase index was actually up 1%. That is, that's a win, man. That is a win right now if you're looking for one. Uh, However, overall, the purchase index is still down 41% year over year. And the refi index was the big drag because overall, uh, total demand was down, I think it was 0.1%. So it was still a negative week. Unfortunately, that's the seventh straight week of declines for total demand. And that was because of the refi index, which makes up such a small percentage of overall demand. But because just a little increase in purchases and a big drop in refis led to a very, very small drop in total demand. The refi index is now down 87% year over year. And as I mentioned, the refi aspects of total mortgage applications has dropped to now just 28.1% of total applications. And then um, the adjustable rate, which of course gets a lot of attention, probably unfairly so because the adjustable rate mortgages, arms, are so much different today than they were back in the mid 2000s. That is, that's slightly increased to about 12%. But here's the big stat, the one stat that everyone wants to look at, and that is, mortgage rates. And remember, this is the Mortgage Bankers Association data. This is not my data. This is not Town Bank's data. This is the Mortgage Bankers Association. They have the 30-year fixed, which last week did fall a little bit. We had a little slight reprieve from the climbing mortgage rates, but it went back up this week, jumping eight basis points to 7.14%. That is now up a whopping 398 basis points. 
when compared to where rates were one year ago. The 15-year fixed increased three basis points to 6.4%, and the 5-1 arm was up eight basis points to 5.87%. So mortgage rates increasing across the board, mortgage demand falling, even though we had a slight increase in purchase demand, which makes sense, right? Because rates fell, according to this report last week, people see that and they go, ooh, maybe now's a good time to buy. So they move forward with a application, which of course pushes purchase demand up. But here's the analysis from Joel Kahn, an economist at the Mortgage Bankers Association, who said in a release that refi volume has now hit. I think it's kind of been there for a while, a 22 year low saying, quote, purchase applications increased for the first time after six weeks of declines, but did remain close to the 2015 lows as home buyers remain sidelined by higher rates and ongoing economic uncertainty. Refinances continued to fall with the index now hitting the lowest level since August 2000. So I think before it was like maybe September of 2000. So we may have added a month, but we are down now 20, or I should say we're now down to a 22 year low with regards to refis. And I've mentioned this before. We mentioned, I think we talked about in yesterday's podcast, this sort of golden handcuff argument where people are sort of locked into these very low rates. And so they're sitting there thinking, yeah, maybe we'd like more space. Maybe we'd like to downgrade whatever the situation is, unless it's you know necessary, like you're moving for a job or you're moving for whatever reason there may be. So you have to sell your house. You have to buy a new one. People that are have the option where they could say, I'd, I'd like more space or I'd like less space, but it's not necessary. They're looking at this current situation saying, well, if I downgrade, I may end up paying because of where my mortgage is now versus what it could be if I have to buy a new place. I could be paying the same amount which the whole purpose of downgrading, the whole purpose of moving into a smaller place is that lower payment. I mean, really, otherwise, what's what's the purpose? I mean, sure, maybe you just like to be in a smaller place, but for the most part, most people are thinking, hey, I'll downgrade, get a smaller place, and our payment will be lower. However, if you look at this data from CoreLogic, you'll realize it doesn't make a lot of sense. So they're looking at all of the mortgages that exist right now in 99%. And this is kind of important because so rates, once again, according to the Mortgage Bankers Association are at 7.14%, over 7%. This CoreLogic report is looking at rates above six. So that would be 6.01%. So anything above six, and we're above six by a good amount. We're now in the sevens, according to the Mortgage Bankers Association. But above six, 99% of outstanding mortgages are below that, <laughs> which is why you're not seeing a lot of refi activity. And in fact, it's kind of amazing because refi activity is down, what, 81 or eight, what is it, 87%. It's a huge number. But the fact that 99% of outstanding mortgages are under six, how is it not we're down 99%? Who is still, this is, of course, people who need to refi. There's a reason why they are refining, whether it's legal, whatever it may be. 
those are the only people that are refining right now. And so it could be worse. This mortgage demand could be even worse when you look at the data. And as I said, there's a cool little chart here, and I'll put this in the course companion newsletter, which you can sign up for at marketsandmortgages.com. And it's just, it's crazy. Like over 40% of outstanding mortgages are less than 3%. You got about, I don't know, 37, 38% between three and four. You got about 12 to 15% between four to five. And then by the time you get to more than six, it's like, it's 1%. It's 1% of outstanding mortgages. And in fact, this number is crazy. The median rate of outstanding mortgages in 2019 was 4%. August 2019, 4%. August 2022, (laughs) 3.1%. So you can see why there's not a lot of mortgage demand, especially not a lot of refis. And so this next headline probably will not be surprising. Redfin announced layoffs but also more importantly, the end of its iBuying program. So we've talked a lot about iBuying on this podcast, Zillow's iBuying program, which at one point was being accused of manipulating markets to make money. Remember there was that realtor, oh, what was that guy's name? I can't remember. It was it was like a really funny name that like it, it was, I don't know. It was Sean, I think it was Sean something. I can't remember what it was. This guy in Nevada, in Las Vegas, and he did this TikTok about how he didn't say Zillow, but we all know who he was talking about. And he was arguing that they were manipulating home prices to you know, you know, they buy they buy a bunch of properties, and then they would sell one for higher than they just bought them all for. Which I always thought was kind of weird because this was like in the middle of the hottest housing market in the history of the world. So I was like, how are they buying like five or six properties like all on one street? Like where it didn't even make sense at the time when we didn't even have any data. I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. This guy was alleging they were buying, you know, four or five properties on a street, then they would hold them and then they would sell one of those and they wouldn't do any upgrades or anything. They would then sell one of those for slightly higher and then they would then sell all the other ones for that new higher price and therefore they would make all of this money. And then I want to say like within a month, it came out that Zillow was shuttering their iBuying program because it was losing so much money that they were on the verge of going bankrupt. So they had to start selling off properties. They had to shut down any buying of properties. It was such a loser. It almost took down Zillow, who at the time everyone thought was this like behemoth. And they were, and they still are. I mean, when you're looking for a home, the first place you go is Zillow. It had become a meme. It had become like a verb, like Google. Like I'm gonna go to Zillow and see what my house is worth. It was losing so much money it almost took down the entire company. And so we're now finding out that, uh, you know, maybe I buying isn't the greatest thing. And now Redfin, which is operating at a much lower level, is also making the decision to shutter their iBuying program. So they, they put out a blog post on Thursday morning announcing that they would be laying off 862 employees or roughly 13% of its staff, which now drops the staff down almost 30%. to be exact since April. The company also announced the elimination of 218 positions 
However, they were offering those employees new roles in the company. And so they may, they may take those roles or they may decide to lead the co- or leave the company. However, Redfin, like I said, as I mentioned, also shuttered its eye-buying program known as Redfin Now. They said in a statement, quote, even before its overhead expenses, the Redfin Now property segment will likely lose anywhere from 22 to $26 million in 2022. Now, however, small our eye-buying loss may be compared to other loss it is still larger than we could afford to bear again. And the reason why all this is happening is because they now believe that these this slowdown is housing is going to last longer than they thought. So originally they thought that, yeah, maybe it would end at 2022. Like 2023 starts, we're going to start seeing more housing activity. And so they'd be able to weather the storm with the previous layoffs. However... They now think that this is going to continue into 2023, saying in this same post, quote, we plan to keep increasing our share of the market, but the market in 2023 is likely to be 30% smaller than it was in 21. The June layoff was a response to our expectations that we'd sell fewer houses in 2022. This layoff assumes the downturn will last at least through 2023 and you know as someone who works in the housing industry you hate to see this um but this is this is this is what's happening unfortunately throughout the business a lot of companies got very bloated during the last two years when things went absolutely crazy and they were right to kind of size up um however some companies upsized more than they probably should i mean even if things had normalized some companies like Redfin and others, as they even noted, right? They thought, okay, maybe this downturn will last for a couple months. So they laid off some of their staffers, but now it's going to last longer than they thought. So now they need to lay off more people. And it sucks. It's it's, it's a horrible thing to see. Like I said, especially someone that works in housing, it, it, it's a big concern for everyone. I'm not going to lie. I mean, you, you just see kind of what's happening on the sentiment on Twitter and and you know maybe Reddit and some other places. People are just worried about what's going to happen to the housing market. They're not concerned that we're going to see some 2008 collapse. It's not so much. What's so weird is that 2008 was a collapse for people that own houses. The collapse that we're seeing now is not the housing market. I mean, home prices are, are relatively stable. I mean, we, we, we might see a five, 10, maybe 15% drop nationally, which I mean, sure, that's a big drop, but we're talking about this is after a 40 to 50% climb nationally. So to see prices fall 15%, you know, in the grand scheme of things, really isn't that big of a deal. The recession that we're seeing is now in the housing sector. Uh, mortgage company, you know, real estate companies, you know, websites, uh, you know, iBuying programs. I mean, the, these are these are the industry, or I should say, this is the industry that's being impacted. It's not the people that own homes; it's the people that are in the business of buying. And selling homes. And not, I don't just mean like the people that are buying and selling, but the people that are involved in those transactions. You know, real estate attorneys, uh, you know, like I said, mortgage industry, realtors, those are the people that are being affected now. And so it sucks, but the, the, this is the reality of the economy right now. And so the people that, you know, survive, you know, they're going to be ready when things kind of normalize and things take off. 
but a lot of companies just can't support the staff that they upgraded to during the boom. And yeah, I mean, that's kind of what housing is. It's a boom and bust cycle, unfortunately. And like I said, it sucks to see, but we're probably going to see more before we start seeing less. So on that positive note, we are done. <laughs> I actually did go a little longer than I thought I was going to be going. Look at that. I can just ad lib. Like I'm back on the radio again. That's, that's how I roll. You guys enjoy your Thursday. Big day today. CPI. I believe the top line number is supposed to be, you know, let me, I want to double check this because I want to make sure that this is correct. Cause I want to say the top line number is supposed to be 8% while the core inflation number is supposed to be 6.5 and boom, hit the nail on the head. So the CPI is expecting top line number, all products, 8% core inflation, everything minus gas and food or energy and food, 6.5%. If the number is higher, oh no, that is not going to be great for housing or the mortgage industry. If it's lower, we could be moving in the right direction. So we will see. We will talk to you on Friday for another edition of Markets and Mortgages. You guys enjoy your Thursday. We'll see you tomorrow. And remember, as always, do not wait to buy real estate. You buy real estate and wait. Wait.